Welcome to the Faithfully Free Podcast. I'm Katie Bailey. I'm a wife, mom, licensed professional counselor, and I'm passionate about seeing women flourish in their relationships. In this podcast, we will focus on how, as a woman after God's own heart, you can learn to live faithfully free, despite any toxic people you may encounter. I'm so glad you're here. Let's get started. Welcome to episode eight of the Faithfully Free podcast. I'm so glad you're joining me today. I hope you guys are doing well. I, for one, am super excited that my kids' school is done for the summer. One less thing that we have to try to accomplish every day. They did great and were flexible and adaptable, uh, but I'm glad that it's done. So yeah, that's how we're doing. I hope you guys are doing well. Let's jump into today's topic. I want to talk about navigating conflict well. Conflict is a part of life. Most of us avoid conflict at all costs. How can we navigate it well? It's not going to go anywhere. We can't avoid it. It is what it is. So we need to learn how to do it well. Today, I want us to take sort of a broad, wide angle view of what elements are necessary for a productive conflict. And after you listen to this episode, I want you to have a greater understanding of what skills you need to work on managing disagreements well and not simply avoiding conflict at every turn. So let's jump right in. First of all, as we've already said, conflict happens. It's just as much a part of life as breathing. In fact, I get suspicious when people come in my counseling office and say they never ever argue or fight or have a disagreement. Good relationships have conflict, and when it's done well, it actually makes that relationship stronger. For example, my husband Nate and I disagree sometimes. I know, it's hard to believe, right? I do get asked a lot, since Nate and I are both counselors, if we never fight. (laughs) And oh, please, that is not reality. And you know what? When Nate and I have conflict, it's not fun, but when we work through it, I feel closer to him. I feel safer in my marriage relationship because I know we faced the conflict together and we worked it out together and we survived. So the next time we argue, and we will, I don't fear the conflict because I know our relationship won't end. My husband won't ignore me or pull away from me and we'll talk it out until we find a resolution. So what does healthy conflict look like? So here are some important points. Healthy conflict requires having a team mentality. When Nate and I argue, it's Nate and Katie versus the problem, not Nate versus Katie. That's really important. It's Nate and Katie versus the problem, not Nate versus Katie. We know that we both have good intentions towards the other one. We operate from that understanding. And I don't assume that Nate is doing something on purpose to hurt me or upset me. In fact, it's the opposite. I know he wants to not upset me. And if he is, I need to tell him because he doesn't know. He cannot read my mind. It's really important to approach conflict as a team. All right. The second point is that honesty is essential. When we're building, we're going to build on our last point a little bit. If Nate has upset me, I need to be honest with him and tell him. I can't be angry with him for something I haven't voiced to him. He can't read my mind. On the flip side, I also have to allow Nate to be honest with me 
and really try to listen to what he's saying, even if it's hard to hear. If he is bothered by something, it's real, even if I don't think whatever it is should bother him. So let's take a really simple example. I use um, loose powder makeup, you know, the kind, you know, loose powder. You stick the brush in and you put it on. Um, but inevitably, leftover powder lands in the sink, right? That's just part of loose powder. That's what happens. Now, Nate has told me that he doesn't like it when I don't rinse out the sink after I apply my makeup and there's that powder everywhere. Now, it doesn't matter if I think that's a worthy thing to be bothered by or not. My husband is telling me that it does, in fact, bother him. So I rinse out the sink, right? As a side note, he returns the favor when he shaves and all of his whiskers are all over the sink. He rinses the sink out then too. But the point is he was honest and he told me what it was that bothered him and I believed him even if I didn't agree or not, which, hey, it's a small thing. I don't mind rinsing out the sink. All right, so we need to work as a team, have a team mentality. Honesty is essential. And then we also need to listen. And I mean really, really listen, not just hear what the other person's saying in order to form our reply. Oftentimes, when we're in arguments with others, we listen, but in our minds, we're making out the checklist of things we want to say back. That's not really hearing the other person. A great skill to practice is what we counselors call reflective listening. It means clarifying with the other person what you heard them say. You repeat back what you heard them say and allow them the chance to make changes if necessary. For example, I do this with my kids quite a bit. When they get in an argument with one another, I, of course, like all moms, I end up being the referee. But this is also a great opportunity I have to teach my kids reflective listening, healthy conflict resolution, and they don't even really know it. So here's an example. If Conlin, that's my six-year-old son, if he borrows a CD from Charlotte, my eight-year-old daughter, without asking, Charlotte will understandably be upset. And yes, my kids do still listen to CDs. <laughs> so Charlotte would be upset if Conlon went in and just took one of her CDs without asking. She may just go into Conlon's room and take it back. And then, of course, Conlon is upset. And once I figure out what's happening and I get the story straight, I help them hear each other clearly like this. Charlotte will say she's mad that he took her CD. And I say, okay, Charlotte. So it sounds like you're upset because Conlon came into your room and took your CD. <clears throat> she can say yes or no and add clarifying details if needed, but I'm repeating to her what I understand is the problem. Then I say to Conlon, why is Charlotte upset? Now, if he was really hearing his sister, he would say, because I took her CD without asking. Now, in reality, a six-year-old, he's going to start insisting, but she said I could, she said I could. So Conlon wouldn't have really heard his sister. He's already defending his actions. He wasn't really hearing and taking in and understanding what Charlotte said. Had he really been able to re repeat back what Charlotte had said, she would be confident that her brother understood why she was upset and could work with him, helping us get to a resolution. Understanding, understanding what the other person is saying and that person feeling understood always helps head towards resolution, always. Once Conlon heard her correctly and she knew it, she, was, she really believed that he knew why she was upset, the stage is now set for Conlon to give a sincere apology because Charlotte knows he really understands why she is mad. Once he apologizes, 
Charlotte can clarify that she's glad for him to borrow CDs. She just wants him to ask first without taking them. And ideally, Conlon would agree. He'd make a behavior change. And in the future, he would always ask first. They would have resolved their conflict and created more safety in their relationship. That if they have another argument, they would know that together they could work it out. Now, I don't want to throw Conlon under the bus. He's a really good kid. And he's really good about asking first. I just sort of made up this example to prove the point of walking through the conflict steps. And the kids actually share quite well. But it wasn't always magically like that. We've had many afternoons in these similar kind of circumstances with all the kids in the role of the CD stealer or the toy stealer or whatever it might be. That's how they learn. Now, we all know that disagreements don't always go well. Sometimes things snowball and it can get ugly. And no matter how the other person speaks to us, we are responsible for our own responses. 1 Peter 3, 8-9 tells us not to repay insult for insult, but to respond with a blessing, with kindness. Healthy conflict might need a timeout. If things start to get ugly, you need to hold your own tongue. You need to set a boundary and say, I can see that you're upset. This is no longer helpful. Let's take a break until we can both continue the discussion calmly. Now, toxic people don't like boundaries. So if you have a toxic person in your life and you have a conflict and you try to set a boundary like this, it's possible that setting that limit, in fact, it's very likely setting that limit will only grow the tension. And that's okay. Just because someone responds poorly to your boundary doesn't mean it was wrong. You speak with firm and kind words, and then you leave the situation ready to resume when the other person can participate in an appropriate and helpful way. Ideally, if one of you says, whoa, this is no longer helpful, let's take a break until we calm down, hopefully you both can see it and agree to it and get some space, right? You also need to be able to hear that. If your spouse or your friend or your family member says to you, this is getting too heated, let's take a break and come back to it, you need to be able to say, yes, that's probably best. Let's take a break so we can calm down. Navigating conflict well is an important life skill. It's absolutely necessary in living out God's freedom in our relationships. To learn more about healthy relationships, grab your free copy of my ebook, What God Really Says About Toxic Relationships. I'll put the link in the show notes, and that is my gift to you. Please read it, enjoy it, and share it with anyone you think might benefit from reading it. You can also find me on Instagram at faith.freedom.flourish. And if you like the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. This really does help others who would benefit from these discussions we have. It would help them find us and join in. And that's the goal, is just to help other Christian women really understand what God is saying about healthy relationships. I hope you understand healthy conflict a little bit better. Let's not avoid it. Let's just learn to do it better. And until next time, keep living faithfully free.